It's the Early Access Podcast episode. What episode are we on, Kuehler? Kuehler's the drunk one, and I'm the one who doesn't remember what 63. episode it is. 63. We're on episode 63. Episode 63. At least that's what it says in the show notes. We probably, I think we skipped like a number somewhere back there, but we're on 63 we now. It was way, that's what we consider it was way, way back. Yeah. Way back a while ago. We're not going to bother ago. fixing that. We're not going to bother fixing This is no, the no. last episode. It's like the 19th story on Wayside School or something. It, it was a while ago. It was back during the start of the podcast. But anyway, we're on episode 63. It's November 23rd, 2021. It's just Naked Mistel Shampoo. Cooler is here also. Not only do I have to deal with the fact that there's 300 milliseconds of delay whenever Cooler and I talk because I'm in California and Cooler's in France, but Cooler is also, I was going to say wasted, but you don't sound super wasted anymore, Cooler. You rode a bike home. I am still pretty wasted, I have to say. I'm just, like, pretty good. Uh, I've been wasted for so many times. I'm pretty good at, like, remaining somewhat stable during the process. But I'm still pretty wasted. It is Tuesday, 4 p.m. Tuesday night, but it's France. That's just what they do. Twitch.tv slash if you want to watch the show live at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. All right, so last episode, I was talking about how I was going down to L.A. for a week. I was there from, I think, Tuesday to Monday. Drove back and forth. I just told Kuehler that the whole trip cost me over $2,000, which I guess makes sense when you factor in hotel food, gas, two people, snacks, souvenirs, got little gifts for some of my friends. It was quite expensive, and it also reaffirms the fact that LA is my least favorite city in California. So actually, this year, as I thought about it, except for San Diego, I've gone as far south to LA, and I've been to every major city in California, including Weed, California, up there in the north. I've been, been past Mount Shasta. Yeah, I've been to Weed. I was at Weed this year. Oh, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that, actually. I had a, yeah. I knew someone online who, like, the only place they'd ever been to in California was Weed, which was, like, a really weird place to only go to in California. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Get, how do you even get there? It's in northern, northern California. Like, yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, how did you end Not up in Weed? I didn't, I didn't even hear about Weed until they went there. And they were like, oh, yeah, I went to Weed, California. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. That seems fitting to cut the culture, you know? So northern California, like actual northern California is all forests and wildlife and nature and all that stuff. San Francisco, uh, the East Bay where I'm from, is more of like it's the middle of California geographically speaking. Of course, I've lived here. I've grown up here. Yeah, it's uh, San Francisco is not one of my like, favorite NorCal cities. NorCal is like the division of NorCal is SoCal is like the top two thirds of California is considered NorCal, and then the bottom third of California yeah. is considered SoCal. I went down to L.A. and first off, the hotel I stayed at in L.A. I I picked, I chose it, so I actually went out to watch the taping of a show. Super NDA. I can't say anything about the show or anything like that, but it was really cool, and I had to get everything covered for myself they did actually feed us on the set of the show but everything else i did hotel driving gas little souvenirs and snacks all that kind of stuff i had to pay for so it cost like two thousand dollars to be there for that amount of time and i drove all over the place in la it was way cheaper than getting plane tickets um, and i had to get myself to and from the set and la is the scariest place to drive out of anywhere i've i've actually driven in California, I've driven up there in the wilderness. Of course, I've driven around where I live here in NorCal, driven through the Central Valley. LA is fucking terrifying to drive through. They have no protected lefts for some reason. And I very quickly picked up on the strategy of actually making a left turn in LA. Because up here, if you need to make a left turn, there's a green arrow that just lets you make a left and no one's going to come to you. Or in San Francisco, they actually just don't have left turns at all. They just make you go like right, right, right. Like three rights. Right. On the next street Co- and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you had to do yeah, in Los Angeles? Some, 
No, for some reason in LA, every left turn is unprotected. So you have to wait for all the other cars to come straight. And then afterwards you make a left. And there's so much traffic in LA that there's 99% of the time, never an opening. So I figured out the strategy because I saw everyone else do this. You have to pull into the middle of the intersection, block the intersection, wait for everyone to go past you. And as soon as that last car goes through, you sneak in right behind them. So only one person ever goes through at a time, maybe two people on a left turn. And it's really sketch and scary. I saw a couple of other crazy things like right outside my hotel, which was the least nice hotel I've ever been to. I'm not saying it was bad. Where around were you? Like not being specific, obviously don't give me the street, but like where around were I you? I was, so I was North Hollywood. We're talking <laughs> okay, yeah, somewhere yeah. in that area. I kind of know that area, yeah. And I, my hotel wasn't, now I've been to a lot of nice hotels when I get flown out to events. I always get put up in like a really super swanky place. When I was in Montreal, I took pictures of the hotel I was at. I had like multiple shower heads to like wash your back and horizontal shower heads. So I've been sent to some nice places and some nice hotels. Whenever I buy a hotel, I usually get a brand name. I'm not going to say where I stay so people don't help me down, but usually a brand name chain hotel. And so I went to a normal brand name chain hotel that I usually go to. And this one, it wasn't horrible, but the worst hotel I've ever stayed at. Now, I haven't stayed at horrific hotels, so I'm not saying that this place was super sketch and horrible. But I had to close the toilet lid every time I flushed it because the water would literally splash back up at you. So I am now trained. I'm trained now to shut the toilet lid every time I flush. And I I did that at other people's houses as well as I'm doing it at my house now because I'm so afraid of things splashing up on me. So that wasn't great. Um, Right outside of the hotel, this is getting back to driving in LA is fucking horrifying. I didn't witness the accident, but I saw the accident. Kula, you know how on the internet... When they, there's this joke, if you see their shoes come off, they fucking died. Yeah, I think I've heard that a few times. If you and I both had superhuman strength, right, and we ran at a motorcycle from both ends and tried to crush it with our bodies, that's what this motorcycle outside of my hotel looked like. And there were shoes. There were just the shoes right next to the motorcycle. Oh, and that fuck. was it. I, I didn't I didn't witness the accident. I have no idea what happened, but I saw some guy's shoes and a crushed up motorcycle, and I put two and two together. Uh, they very – I came very, very late after, so they, they cleaned up the mess and all that. Uh, but that wasn't great to see. I was making – so I made a left turn, and I was trying to get into a Costco, right? And I wasn't in the right lane to get into the right lane to make the right turn into the Costco because I just turned left. So I tried to cut in front of this guy. Yeah, I tried to cut in front of this guy, turned on my right signal, right? I'm signaling like, just, hey, let me in, bro. I gave him the friendly wave, like, thanks for letting me in. And he honks at me, not like the beep, beep. He honks like the kind of (laughs) like, dude, what the fuck? Did you just (laughs) run over that puppy? Kind of honk, right? I make this right turn. He, within... I swear to God, it was like 20 feet. Gets in the lane next to me, cuts in front of me, and brake checks me. And no one has ever done that to me before in my 11 years of driving. He was super pissed. I I made sure there was enough room to go in. And this guy was super angry. I don't want to stereotype like, oh, yeah, LA drivers were all really bad. I'm just laying out the experiences that I had being there for not even that long. Like, not all LA drivers, but certainly this fucking guy, right? But certainly this guy was losing his shit over the fact that I I made a left turn. I didn't have a lot of time to make that right turn because the streets are really weird. Anyway, I absolutely hate driving in L.A. It was, I mean, 
I'm not getting tons of traffic. Like I really shouldn't be. Oh my God, there's traffic when I went to LA. There's traffic up here in the Bay Area also. So I really shouldn't be surprised with that. But uh, I, I really don't like that city. There's You have to drive everywhere for some reason. Like LA is super big and it's not really reasonable, especially if I'm on a, if I'm on a tight schedule to get to the set and then get back on time to try to take a bus back and forth. Ubers and Lyfts are really expensive. And I'm not going to say a lot of the time, maybe one in eight times, if I call an Uber, I'll wait 10 minutes and they'll cancel. And so I have to call another one and I'll end up being five or 10 minutes late to whatever I was going to because whatever Uber was coming to pick me up just decided, nah, I'm done. I'm checking out for the day. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, the shoot was cool. And it was cool being back on the set of a production. I, and I've done little shoots with my friends, but this was an actual big production and I haven't really been on a set since before the pandemic. So it was cool to go out and be there. God, I, I hate being in LA. I hadn't been there since before the pandemic for obvious reasons. And going back just reminds me, this is, I, we're not, we're not even in the same state, Kuehler. Like we're LA and San Francisco are in the same state, but they're not really. San Francisco was built earlier. It was built before Los Angeles kind of like even began to exist properly, like as a city. So San Francisco is at least, despite it's like the fact that like half the city is basically a suburb, it's even then like a little more connected, I think, to get around. At least the most things you do in San Francisco are usually on the east side. So you can usually have better Mooney access, better tram access, better BART access for what it's worth, F-line access, who, who knows. But LA just has such little of like anything. It's kind of the, it was one of the first highways, I think, in the US were built in Los Angeles. And it's just kind of like became the pinnacle of like highway centric urban design, which in general has not aged well at all. Secular, for those of you who don't know. Kuehler is super into transit and urbanism, city in building and stuff yeah. like that. Urbanism. I've picked up a lot about urbanism from you, so I pick up on little things about like traffic patterns and how, like how like poor housing is built near freeways, and rich housing is built away from freeways. No, poor housing is destroyed by freeways, actually. There's usually, like, a good neighborhood that used to exist where a highway was, and then the highway just tears through a neighborhood because they're not, like, rich enough or wide enough to stop it from happening. Like, I think there's, like, there's a part in, like, 880 in the Bay Area where, like, if you get towards Berkeley, it kind of, like, banks right or something, like, kind of for no reason. And it's basically because it was like, oh, we got to avoid the rich neighborhood. We'll just go plow through the poor neighborhood and then, like, revert back to our normal path or something. It's it's kind of pattern exists kind of all over the United States, basically. <laughs> it's awful. This, this kind of stuff I'm starting to pick up on since I knew you. I, having traveled to other countries, he was in France right now, which is, I, I would imagine Paris is the exact opposite of LA. It is kind of the exact opposite. Like, again, in comparison, I'm, I'm first of all, I was super drunk. I got, I, we went like a, like a, we went to like a rock climbing place, but I didn't climb the rock. So I just went to the bar because there was a bar connected to the rock climbing place, which is a terrible idea if you're like going to drink and then go rock climbing. But I guess, you know, whatever. Um, and then afterwards, we went to a dinner where there was more alcohol. And then afterwards, I went with people to a bar where there was even more alcohol. Uh, and then when I went down to the... I walked like 30 seconds to the metro station because it was that close. And then it, there was the trains weren't running anymore. It was too late. And so some guards told me, hey, there's no more trains running. So I said, like, well, fuck that. I walked back up. And then I got like a... There's like a the bike share system, which is called Velib. And I got an e-bike and just rode that home. And it was fine. 
and it's kind of a complete I even asked Nikki like hey could you could you even think of riding like a bicycle home from central LA to to your hotel and I think you said you had if you had like three lives you'd still question if you could make it back I think I could on three lives I, I think I could die twice and make it back. If I if I died three times and we were out of lives, then I wouldn't make it back. I actually went across the street. I was going to a convenience store to get some chocolate milk and cookies, uh, literally right outside of my hotel, and I almost got ran over. I I, I was out of the hotel for five for five minutes, Cooler, <laughs> and I was crossing the street. It was one of those uh, street lights with the timer on it. And so when it's lit up white, it means walk across. When it's lit up red, it means finish going across and the hand flashes and the timer's right. still ticking. Right, right, but right. Like anywhere, don't cross like if you're don't cross if you already hadn't started crossing, right? Well, right. that's when I started crossing. And I'm like, well, I'm a fit 26-year-old man. I'm just gonna run across, right? So I start jogging across, and this car that is making an unprotected left, as I talked about earlier. Almost barrels into me, and I like Dark Souls level, like sidestep dodge it. I saw it coming. I looked at the driver. And I'm like, okay, if I speed up this much, I'm confident that I can have five feet between me and the car, and I can dodge it. I literally Dark Souls like use up your stamina, jumped out of the way of that car, and then just kept going. Didn't give a fuck. Didn't slow down. And I'm like, all right, we're good. And I knew what I'm signing up for. I'm in LA, so I'm ready to dodge traffic. And I got to the 7-Eleven, got my chalky milk and cookies, got back to the hotel. Five minutes, safe, but I could have used up one of my three lives there. I'm telling you. So if you told me I had to get from where I was staying to the set on a bike in LA, not my car like I used, but a bike. An e-bike. I so like your, your physical a- activity is not relevant here because it'll it'll propel you as water parts you need to. It just means that you're on a little vehicle. It just means you're on a little vehicle. So Someone certainly would have hit me. I... If, if I got hit five minutes outside of my hotel and I had to bike, I think it was about four miles to the studio. So, I, yeah, I'm done, dude. They take me out. Los Angeles is a hell. Uh, you shouldn't have to, like, it shouldn't be a life or death situation to cross the street. This is the shit I talk about, like, all the time. And I'm, at least I'm glad I've influenced you enough to be able to notice it when it happens. Like, almost getting hit by a car is not, should not be the norm. <laughs> I guess I think it was Oslo in Norway actually managed to have zero like people getting hit by cars for like the entire year or something. They managed to accomplish that, mm-hmm. which in the U.S. is like ridiculous. We lose okay. like forty thousand people or something every year to car accidents. So you know, it's possible. You just got to work I hate for to, it. I hate to be like the Bay Area tech. I I, I know I'm shitting on L.A. and I'm from NorCal. I hate to be like I'm. I'm down there. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh yeah, I worked at a startup, and it, and it didn't go well. Like, look at me, very tech bro. Right? I hate to be that kind of guy. I realize there are stereotypes for NorCal and SoCal. I'm for a but just, here just, in Paris. Just being objective here, it fucking sucks down there, doesn't it? Right? Like, I've I'm not trying to bias. To oh, where I'm from is the enough. best. But I've never been to LA long enough to really have like a solid opinion on it. But like for the most part, like just just. A bunch of cars everywhere just kind of sucks. That one famous video of, like, the gigantic traffic jam for Thanksgiving weekend, which, by the way, is coming up in, like, two days or something, or, like, tomorrow, I guess, tomorrow night, is from Los Angeles. It's I think it's either the Highway 5, because I think that's the main highway in Los Angeles, or the 101, because that's the second pos- that's the second main highway in Los Angeles. So... 
Like, it's just kind of known as the place where everyone has to just drive everywhere, and the effect has been what you'd expect from somewhere where you have to drive everywhere. Yeah, we certainly drive a lot here, too, uh, but we've been to Japan. Too, Kyo yeah, and definitely. I have been to Tokyo. Didn't have to drive at all. Like, we got in the, never... your friend's car, I think, to get back home, yeah. because I guess, you know, the transit's not the most amazing in Kyushu in the south, but... It functioned. Yeah, but in it Tokyo, functioned. in Tokyo, we're never like, oh, cool, we got to hurry up. We're going to miss the train. It's like, we missed that train. We're going to wait two minutes for the next one to show up. Yeah, exactly. And that was incredible. Exactly. And even if we didn't, I think we could probably have walked home. I think we could have walked home without, like, encountering, like, anything bad happening to us on the way. Because we weren't that far. Oh, we were, like, in Shibuya or Shinjuku or something. We didn't really get that far from, like, we were in Nippori, I think, is where we were staying. So, like, yeah, it wouldn't have been that, like, it would have been a long-ass walk if we had to walk home, like, after the hours of the of the metro line. But, like, I feel like we could have done it. It wouldn't have been, like, dangerous or, I mean, at the most, we'd probably find a Yakuza, I think, at most. But that's, like, a really edge-case scenario. They don't have guns. Wait, do they, they have, have guns? guns. Yeah, have we could guns. probably just been like, no. man, just, just, just fuck over from the, <laughs> from the United States. Like, you We're can't fucking scare us. <laughs> Unless you're going to shoot me. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, he comes up and it's like, I got a gun. And I'm like, man, you, do, you, do you see our schools? Like, do you see what we train for every day? Like, we're totally used to this. Come on now. I, I did in high school. There was a shooter at the grocery store, I believe, nearby. Oh not God. the actual school. They locked the school down. And I yeah, exactly I remember this because that wasn't even shocking to me. The fact that my school got locked down because there was a shooter like two blocks away wasn't oh, well, even it's shocking. It's just the to me. American experience. What do you expect? Like no, this yeah. is your school shooting experience. Yeah, y'all. What you haven't been through a school shooting or two? Yeah, exactly. Right? You had a chainsaw. <laughs> you had a chainsaw yeah, I had the chainsaw pipe bomb guy. It was like Gears of War two or something. Straight up Gears of War two. I just gave away my high school because you could totally Google that and find out what high school I went to. But like. <laughs> It doesn't matter to me. I don't live even in the country, in the same country anymore. <laughs> but like, basically, yeah, I had a chainsaw pipe bomber show up to my school, so it's like, you know, she just happens. Some guy comes up in Japan and be like, "I have a gun." It's like, man, we've we've seen worse shit We're from America. So my my not school shooting school shooting, no one got shot at the school at least incident i only remember that it, it's most stand out to me because there were two rooms i can go into to take cover one was my psychology teacher whose room i went into right. and the other was some other random teacher's room and my crush went into that room and i went into my psychology teacher's room <laughs> and i i was really bummed that i couldn't sit there for like two hours or however long we were locked up and, and talk to her so to be that's fair, why it's I not glamorous. That. Like when I was locked down from a school attack, someone had to piss in the can. Like it, it wasn't oh, wow. it wasn't glamorous at all, really. Like some guy was like going prone and clown like crawling around the classroom to get to a more covered position or something. He was one of my friends, so he let's play Call of Duty <laughs> and shit like that. He was just like, I'm gonna I got I gotta do all gillied up and get to the like a safer part of the classroom. And everyone's like, What the fuck you doing, man? Um, so like it's not that glamorous i'll just tell you in advance no certainly but, not but. at least the point is we'd be fine i think if we had to walk home in tokyo tokyo is a pretty safe place in general and it's like it's well connected we don't go like walk on a highway or something in lima Peru, i had to walk on a highway at one point because the bus will like had to shut down or something and we had to walk on a highway 
And that place is also incredibly car-centric. Los Angeles is incredibly car-centric. The Bay Area is less so, but still pretty car-centric. And this just... I drive just everywhere, makes, so. It just makes miserable experiences, I think, for everyone. Even car drivers, right? Like, even for car drivers, a car-centric place tends to be miserable. Just in general. Yeah. Just Actually, sucks. cars are one of the reasons... I went to school for TV and radio... And cars are one of the reasons I hate radio because I would hear the same Imagine Dragons song every single morning. That too. Drove me. It was, it was, I think it was Radioactive or maybe the most popular one after that one. Radioactive was definitely the one that would have been probably in your early university years. I think later on it probably would have changed to Imagine. It it probably was. Or I bet my life. Or I bet my life. I bet my life was also pretty popular, like in between Imagine and, and Radioactive. Me and Keeler's favorite radio DJ, uh, Kevin Klein Live, Kevin Klein. is in L.A. And I totally yeah, forgot is. about him because he moved away from the Bay. But I was just listening to the radio in the so morning because he got fired was on a shuttle from the, on the Bay set. and then got fired from San Diego and then ended up in Los Angeles. We got to make that clear. Like he kind of he mm. he got fired from Los from the Bay Area because the radio station changed their like ownership and they just kind of got like they kind of purged the staff. And then he got fired from Los Angeles for making a suicide joke before he even got on his first show. So he got fired Jumping. before he even got on the <laughs> air for the show. first time in San Diego. And then he moved up to L.A. and eventually found his home over there in, in K-Rock, I think. Yeah, I heard him on the radio while I was in a shuttle oh, uh, shit, near the really set. Nostalgic. And I was like, oh, I totally forgot about this guy. And it was the only I good thing him. about radio. I and, you know, one of the things that he said, I, I, I like doing this podcast, Keeler, mm-hmm. but and I went to school for TV and radio. But one thing that Kevin Klein said is stuck with me. Well, like a lot of other advice I got through life, but this is one of the most standout things. And he said, everyone gets into radio to get out of radio. He said something <laughs> like that. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get into radio. We're just going to do this podcast. I don't want to listen to a Madden Dragons all day. So uh, that's why we're here. <laughs> Little fun LA uh, side Him and Ali were, were good people. They were good entertainment in the Bay Area. She stole the show. Yeah, exactly. I especially like the fact that like when he got fired when he got let go he wouldn't really get fired he wasn't like did anything wrong in the bay area he just like knew ownership and got let go when he got let go from the bay area they did like a whole like video where he was in like a prison suit acting like he got like you know like like defeated by the government or something and then as like a call-in center he posted the the weather guy's phone private phone number to call (laughs) i forgot who the phone i forgot who the weather guy was Patrick or something like that, something like that, or whatever. uh, Useless weirdo. Useless weirdo. Useless weirdo. Yeah, he posted useless weirdo's phone number. (laughs) He like posted the thing, and he said like, if you like to have a complaint, please call this number. (laughs) And he posted useless weirdo's private phone (laughs) number, and then that was his last like thing that he did in the Bay Area before moving out. (laughs) It was like, you know, at least he went out the way he always acted, (laughs) which was great. He was really edgy for radio, but not really edgy for Twitch, which made it funny. But also, yeah, he, he was, had someone on his show named Useless Weirdo. Yes. <laughs> he, was ed- he was definitely edgy for radio, but I think he was like kind of perfectly fit in with the Bay Area kind of style because he was like kind of making fun of our own culture with a self-awareness that I think you kind of have to have. Like you, if you make fun of it in sincerity, I think people kind of get angry at you. But if you make fun of it with like a, with like a, a self-awareness, I think people are like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is just who we are, right? And he's definitely one of us, but he's just kind of making fun of it too. Cause that's what you do as a radio host. That's what you do as a comedy host. 
And he always made sure that he's like, you know, he's like, we're not going to talk about celebrity news or something. We're just going to, we're going to have like the culture always war fresh. podcast or something. Yes, the culture <laughs> war. That I was trying to remember that segment, the culture war, where I they have like specifically someone... called. It's like, but like we had like a, you had like a Native American, a black guy, and a white guy answer trivia or something, <laughs> <laughs> and like the actual culture wars of the Bay Area. It was great content. It's a great inspiration to all of us. I think I don't think we would be here doing what we do if it wasn't for these guys. For Kevin Klein and then Ali Johnson, who was his co-host. I think they had one. They had a trivia show where you had to answer five questions, let's say. And if you got through all five questions, you got a really great prize. So they had this vegan do the sh- uh, do the, <laughs> the trivia. And for every question you got wrong, she had to eat a piece of meat made by like this <laughs> like big meat chef who would show up to tailgate parties <laughs> at Giants games or whatever. And so... If you ate the piece of meat, you could continue on. But if you didn't, you stop there and you don't get the prize. And I think they made on on the radio a vegan eat meat. She chose to to continue <laughs> they had on all because sorts she of got the question wars. Wrong. It wasn't just racial. They had like the 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 millennial versus zennial versus boomer or something. Gen X, I guess, versus boomer or something. Culture war trivia night or something like that too. They had a lot of these, and it, it was wonderful. They were just really good at doing this kind of thing. I was working in San Francisco. I was working in San Francisco at the time, so I had to drive there because it was like too far for me to properly take BART. It wasn't in like the central San Francisco, it was on like the west side. So it, it was in your school. It was it was in a, it was in one of the universities of San Francisco, which is not um, San Francisco State University, which was not anywhere like in near transit in a good way. So I had to drive there and on the way there and on the way back mostly on the way there because they were in the morning. I listened to Kevin Klein live and it was like it made my mornings a little bit easier. Cars suck, highways suck, car transit sucks, but it made my mornings a little bit nicer. And then when they got canceled, literally canceled, not like cancel culture, like literally, literally canceled. canceled. Yeah, like, literally um, off the like it made my mornings a little bit worse. Yeah. And so that was my, that's a little bit of backstory. That's some really deep stealth shampoo lore into the backstory. We both, we both were real fans of this guy, the, of these people. They were really great. My mother was a fan of them too. We would go the opposite directions to work, and we would both listen to the same show. Yeah, when I was going to class in the morning, uh, that's what I'd listen to. All right, people are probably <laughs> wondering why we're not talking about gaming on a gaming. I mean, this is your life. We don't have a Patreon. No one that's pays me any money to do this, so we're going to talk that's about true. whatever I want. But we are going to talk about some gaming stuff because I do want to talk about some gaming stuff. People are uh, freaking out on Twitter today because a new wave of. Discord partners have been unpartnered from Discord. Now, if you guys remember, oh. I think it was maybe even on the Early Access podcast, we talked about how I think it was. Uh, we wanted to save the Stealth Shampoo Discord. And what we had to do is reach a certain number of metrics, a certain number of people joining the server, server retention, a certain number of people typing. And if we did that, I would get to maintain my Discord partnership. Now, the number one thing I liked most about the partnership, you don't get really anything that big. You get a custom URL, which I got to keep when I got unpartnered, spoiler alert. You get like a splash page or something, but it's nothing like that's a really big perk. I would argue the best one is having discord.gg slash Dell Shampoo. That's the best perk. But my favorite uh, intangible perk that they didn't really write on the perks you get, my favorite perk was you get to go to the Discord parties. And Discord headquarters is in San Francisco. So I got invited to a couple of their parties and they are so much fun. They have gaming stations. They have a DDR cabinet. They had VR there. They you never have, invited me to those, by the way. So yeah, I never, I never, I never managed. 
I never invited Kuehler to one, and they got shut down uh, shortly after because of the pandemic. Well, actually, they, I think they partnered. stopped doing them even and before the pandemic. That's it. And then I got unpartnered, and then Kuehler never got invited. So yeah, exactly. that's what ended up happening. But anyway, so the parties were awesome, and that was the thing that I wanted the most. And they sent out this message like, we're going to unpartner a bunch of people unless you hit these requirements. So we tried to hit the requirements that they set, and they weren't that high. But we failed miserably i think we weren't even fucking close <laughs> it was like get 200 people to talk and we had like 55 tops oh, or something no. like that it's like we even guys, had a garbage really channel where like you here, could post but... anything right and yeah, like a just, few people posted some here. things but like that was it and then like a few we still have the garbage channel actually still running on our discord on twitch.tv or on discord.gg but like at some point, some people kept posting it, and I'm like, guys, you can stop. Like, we we got unpartnered. So I know I'm very transparent with how I do things. And so I know a lot of other streamers, and there's nothing wrong with this. They have a welcome channel, and they turn off the departure messages. When someone leaves the server, they turn those off. You don't want to see who's leaving your server because it looks bad, right? Right. I keep that shit on. And that entire <laughs> channel is people leaving the server. No one ever joins. And if they join, it's because they want to take one of my Pokemon deck lists and they leave two minutes after. Yeah. This we are draining like I'm draining followers on on Twitch. We're draining server members. Now, granted, I'm not mad. The server provides no value whatsoever other than updates on the early access podcast and me and the boys coordinate when we're gonna play Call of Duty and that's about it. <laughs> but yeah. we used to have well, we used to have like what about 400, 500 members. We're down to two eighty eight, and there's what like ten of us who talk. There's ten of us. Like there's six of us who play COD. There's Cooler, Fire Punch, and maybe some other random people ask questions every I'm, now and I'm then. I'm not in a good time zone to play Call of Duty, so I just run in and post like a shitty meme and then like dip and go to bed. Yeah. So my servers. I mean, we've really fallen off here in terms of my Twitch, in terms of my Discord. That's fine. I'm not complaining about it. So everyone else on Twitter today is talking about uh, this message that Discord sent out. A bunch of people losing their Discord partnership. Unfortunately, your Discord community hasn't met our requirements to stay in the Discord partner program for the last eight weeks and has been removed from the program. This is an automated message. Uh, someone actually got sent that message and then got repartnered because the automatic removal system removed them and they were still eligible. One of my friends tweeted out, uh, this is Frisk. She tweeted out, uh, if taking a break to focus on my mental slash physical health, take time for my neurological disorder, grieve multiple deaths, come second to your asinine requirements after being a dedicated partner since the start, I don't want it. Can't have a Discord if I'm dead. Bye. And she posted a picture of the announcement that I just read. Tons of people getting unpartnered. A lot of people not too happy about it. I, I mean, I've been unpartnered for a while. so I'm <laughs> This is gonna, definitely the dark side. Like the dark side of like content creation. Again, like you cannot take a break. Right, even if it's like legitimately necessary for your like mental well-being, you just can't take a break because you lose activity. Yeah, to be to be fair to Discord, there is a grace period where if you fall under the requirements, there's a little grace period where you can bring yourself back up and you not know, get but like a grace period doesn't matter when you're, it's like for your own well-being, right? For your own health. Yeah, so I mean, like, but you can't you can't leave for three months. They'll unpartner you. Of course, and but. this a lot of people feel betrayed because I was one of the earliest supporters of Discord. They advertised at that first TwitchCon back in, what, like 2015? Right. I, I started a Discord server, used it since then. I was, like, on the first wave of partners. You gave me the, the URL for partners. Discord before Discord mm. even had, like, a build ready to download when it was just an announcement for, like, a press release. And I remember reading about yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. I can't wait for it to release. 
like fuck Skype where we're everyone was tired of using Skype. We wanted to go over to Discord and I, I've met a lot of their employees, great people. I've gone to a bunch of their parties, even not at their headquarters. They'd host parties at Twitch cons and PAXs and stuff like that. Uh, and it, 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 it feels like a betrayal of your earliest supporters when you have people like me and other people who started back in like 2015, starting the Discord servers, building up Discord to what it is today, making it a brand name, and then getting dropped from the partner program. It feels really bad for a lot of people. Discord has really, they, they hit peak saturation, I feel like, in the gamer market. So they spread out during the pandemic to appeal to everyone, to appeal to teachers and people who just want to be social. I know lots of non-gamers. I was talking to this girl and she's not a gamer at all. But she was using Discord to meet people and find dates and stuff like that. And that's where I've met a couple people. And they're non-gamers. Like Discord used to be only for gamers. And now it's kind of for everyone. Like everyone has one now and you can get in contact with anyone. And so to see it grow bigger and bigger and bigger. But then the streamers who started with them haven't scaled the same way. And then have them be forgotten. I see why uh, everyone is really salty. And it's just kind of, it's kind of a sad thing. Everyone's getting, uh, everyone's getting kind of tilted about it. The perks aren't that good. But the requirements for maintaining a Discord server uh, are too high. And it's very viable if you do like a community server. For example, when I worked at Live, we had, I think there's partners and there's also verified community servers and stuff like that. But if you have a community server or if you're part of like a big group of people, like let's say you're, uh, God forbid, a League of Legends player and you run like the NorCal League of Legends uh, meetup group, then that's easy to maintain, right? When it's uh, based on one content creator, and you can't pivot your chan- or your server to do anything else, right? I can't move my server to do something else because that'll get you unpartnered. And so it has to be based on around my content creation if I want to keep a partner. To keep it based on one person makes it difficult when that one person needs to take a step away, needs to take a break, wants to go on a vacation, or has to take care of some emergency. So uh, people, I mean, people are salty. This is what Discord has decided to do. Uh, I wish they didn't, but you know, it's their platform. A lot of people are pining for Gilded. Gilded is a Discord competitor and they offer a lot of Discord's paid features for free. Now that that's kind of what you have to do if you're going to be a Discord competitor because popular social media and communication apps are popular because they're popular. So you have to provide a service that's so significantly better that people are willing to get over the friction and switch over. Not to get super marketing talk on you guys, but, uh, we'll see if, if Gilded takes over from Discord or if Discord at this point is too much of a juggernaut to be knocked down. Kind of like how when everyone was mad at OnlyFans and uh, people moved over to Fansly and other uh, platforms for their not safe for work content. It's hard to to overtake some of these behemoths that are things like Twitter or Facebook. You know, we have Trump. I don't like to get super political. But we have Trump trying to make his own little app for people to talk on. A lot of people have it, too, hard. right? There was like the yeah. the... That one that got hacked like really badly recently, and then there was Gab before that, which I actually have an account on that. Actually, just just to just to sit on a name um, because it was new. Yeah, and they keep trying to do that, and I think the problem with a lot of these those other platforms is the fact that like a lot of them were trying to basically be Twitter, but like new, like Twitter, but we won't ban you for being conservative or something. And at the end of the day, I think most people don't use Twitter and give a shit about whether you're conservative or not. They're like posting K-pop or something. So I think if you don't appeal to that, I don't think you're really going to grow very much. 
But so that's kind of the thing with Discord too. Is that like I think if you want to be Discord, but we won't unpartner you. I don't think it's enough to really break the the inertia of Discord. You have to really make something new. Discord beats Skype by being something new, by being secure, by being more stable, by being more developed, and things like that. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Skype was, and this is one thing that really Skype launched still Discord exists, out. You know? Very insecure. <laughs> yeah, Skype us. still exists. It still exists. This one by Microsoft. So I'm going to talk about it like it's dead because it's dead to me. <laughs> it was super insecure. Uh, you could DDoS streamers if you figured out their Skype name because you get their IP address and take them down. It was a very, very bad piece of software. And so a lot of gamers and streamers at the time were really frustrated with it. And that's one of the reasons I feel like Discord popped off really big we're going to talk about we're talking about some lighter news before we talk about what everyone was pissed off about last week so harmonics a game company that Kula and i both really like me but yeah <laughs> this is lighter news than nikki almost getting run over we'll lighter news that happen, not so much to like people losing discord partnerships it's been happening since last year okay we're going to talk about more news then how about that epic sure. has bought harmonics uh, they released an entire press release at harmonicmusic.com, but I'm going to read my favorite part of it. Uh, now we'll be working with Epic to once again challenge expectations as we bring our unique brand of musical experiences to the metaverse, and we couldn't be more excited. For those of you guys who don't know, by the way, Harmonics made Rock Band, Guitar Hero, Dance Central. They say in their... Fuser recently, which is pretty good. Underrated, but pretty yeah. good. Audica. In their press release, they say... RVR titles. They don't say Autica. They say RVR titles because <laughs> no one knows what the fuck Autica is. Although it's arguably probably should. the best VR rhythm game. Is. It's so it's good. Great. Yeah. I I hate I hate it. I, I really shit on Autica when it first came out, and it improved so much and then released. And it's a fantastic Harmonics VR game. Harmonics are just good devs. Like they release. They don't always release. Mm. Have the best releases, but like they eventually make it good. They eventually know what they're doing. <laughs> And it was really so I good. wonder what they mean when they when were talking about Facebook rebranding themselves to Meta and Mark Zuckerberg wanting to get us all in the metaverse. Epic says the metaverse uh, means. Epic buying harmonics. They said they want to bring their unique brand of musical experiences to the metaverse. I mean, they're doing more VR experiences. Are they doing more social experiences? What are they? I don't exactly know what they mean by that. And of course, we only have this press release. But I we'll, also we'll have still to don't see. know if like is harmonics still does harmonics still exist or have they been completely absorbed into Epic? I don't think that's been very clear now. And people I know we get because like I'm more involved with like harmonics communities and people that actually know like employees and know like ND8 stuff that's happening in harmonics. Apparently, like whether or not they're still kind of like they still exist as a company i don't i'm not entirely sure of they definitely had a lot of things they were working on apparently like very important things that i don't know i literally don't know it's not even like nda it's like i literally heard just they're working on important things and it's nda and so i was never told um but that might be completely thrown out the window if they were completely bought out so this if it is a complete buyout that's kind of sad because Harmonix is one of the better developers, I think, out there right now. They're definitely one of the more creative ones, even if they don't necessarily make the best products. But I know they've always had struggles, like, actually getting their products to popularity and getting funding for them. Like, Fuser did not really make a lot of popularity, even though it was pretty good. I've seen amazing things done in Fuser. I really like their card game. They made a card game called Drop Mix. Yeah, Fuser was basically cards. Drop Mix too. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just drop mix too, but it's like a whole. You got like a stage. You got like characters. You got like, and instead of doing cards, you just get the DLC, like which is not in physical form. Yeah, uh, drop mix for those of you guys who don't know is literally like a board game, and you put cards down and mix songs together using those yeah. cards. It's really and fun. That, and that's what Fuser and, is, except you just drop it in yeah. in a live in a digital form. So Fuser is drop mix too, effectively, and it's. It is really fantastic. I recommend this. There's amazing things that haven't done in it. So, but it's just what happens. Harmonix is not that profitable of a company. I wish they were. They've never been able to get the same kind of attention they did back when Rock Band was at its peak of popularity. Yeah. And if yeah. this I is mean, their end, I'm going to be sad. If this is their end, I'm going to be sad because they made the best VR rhythm game so far. They've made some of the best console mm. rhythm games in the past. And I think they still deserve to keep trying, like with better creativity think. rather than being like locked into what some larger company wants to do. Autica is, I think, a better rhythm game than Beat Saber. I think it is it too. Is, yes. It is uh, very highly customizable. They've supported it a bunch. It's also just really fun to play with various different mechanics and everything. And it's very well refined. It's very like well constructed. It's really. The charts really flow very well. There's a lot of creativity you can do with it, with like the field of view and the, the two guns and the different kind of methods you can do with it. It's it's really good. It's really good. If you haven't it's played Audica, I think I I think I've BT. advertised Audica on this podcast before, but I'll do it again. If you haven't, if you own VR and you haven't tried Audica, but you like like Beat Saber and other rhythm games, please try Audica. It's really it's really fun. You can change the direction you have to turn your gun if that upsets you, because it upset both of us. It upset the hell out of me. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I left us, it a yeah. Some people were okay one. with it, but it upset both of us. But like, yeah, so you have good customization options. Its accessibility is so much better now, and I really hope that they continue to support Audica. They don't advertise it enough, I think. It's it's Osu. It's Osu with guns in VR. Yeah. Yeah, it's imagine Osu, but you shoot the little little circles with guns, and it's in virtual reality. It is the best example of Osu in VR that we could possibly have. Last week we were talking about how there are too many VR rhythm games, so they stopped putting them on the Quest Store. I remember that. Autica is not one of those ripoffs. A lot of them are those ripoffs, ninety percent, but Autica is not one of those. So uh, I would very much recommend checking it out if you enjoyed Beat Saber. Yeah, okay, keep supporting Other piece harmonics. of tiny news. They're good. They're good. Since I don't know that much about Smash, I've been to a bunch of Smash events, but the for the very first time in 2022, Panda Global will bring the first officially licensed circuit for Smash Bros. Ultimate and Super Smash Bros. Melee to North America. Melee, I think at this point, is 20 years old, and this is the first time Nintendo is going to be officially supporting them. It's not just going to be a little grassroots event. Nintendo is actually partnering up with Panda Global. We'll see how this turns out because we've talked before about how Nintendo would shut down events that used mods and uh, they weren't very supportive of the Smash community. And this is their first showing of support for them. So I'm not really into the fighting game community, but I think this was gigantic news. I know Nintendo and Pokemon are different companies, but the way Pokemon is treating the Pokemon trading card game and really trying to get people into it and the way Nintendo is now supporting competitive Smash, I hope as a as a whole, they all start uh, really supporting competitive games on the Switch more often, and maybe even put PTCG Live on the Switch. It's coming to mobile and PC uh, later on. The update 
to the Pokemon trading card game online because that game is, what, 10 years old? It looks 10 years old. All right, I'm going to get in to the biggest thing that everyone was mad about while I was in L.A. Again, I was in L.A., so I wasn't keeping up with the story live, and I just really dug deep into it today. But Streamlabs is apparently a terrible company. And I want to put this at the top of this topic. There are so many terrible gaming companies out there that if you're not working in the industry, it would surprise you. Like everyone's blown up about the Riot, Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft allegations. Uh, this isn't a, a sexual assault allegation kind of thing. This is a ripping people off sort of story. But there are so many gaming companies out there that I have heard from friends or that I've worked with them, not worked for them, but I've worked with them. Like, ooh, these are shitty people that... Don't be surprised when more and more companies are being outed as having shitty practices, treating workers shittily, or just overall not being good people. So I want to I say that first. One of the reasons actually that this doesn't come out more often is because, oh, Nikki, why wouldn't you out some of these people? A, they're not my stories to tell. I don't have all the details. But when the details do come out, people come out all at the same time because it makes them feel safer, especially if someone paves the road and shouts in the first place. This company is a shitty company, but Streamlabs is shitty for a slightly different topic uh, that we we don't usually... We usually see the, oh my God, they were raping people in the hotel room or, oh my God, they were beating up female employees or <laughs> shitty things like that. Podcast, these guys are just... Right? Yeah, these oh. guys are just... They're just shitty people um, who are ripping people off. So Streamlabs... Uh, has this product called Streamlabs OBS. And Streamlabs OBS, OBS is open source. Streamlabs OBS is built off of it. And OBS did not want them to use OBS in their name. So in a kind of bad faith argument, someone supporting the Streamlabs team said, this is not true at OBS product and you know it. We asked and Hugh, Jim said, yes. Yes, you are allowed to use OBS, proof attached. The proof for OBS allowing Streamlabs OBS to call themselves Streamlabs OBS is that they said it's okay for their GitHub code, the GitHub branch to be named Streamlabs OBS. They did not say the product is okay to be called OBS. So someone who works for Streamlabs um, showed the proof of this email. And if you read the email with your eyes, you can see that they're just, they're not using proper proof. They didn't say you can call it Streamlabs OBS. They said you can call your GitHub code that. You can't call the product that. Those are two different things. Could so I add in, something to, to at this At the top regard? of bad faith argument. Go ahead, Killer. So, so OBS is licensed. This is kind of another ex, a little thing I would kind of actually know a little more about. So OBS is currently licensed under the GPL. So the GPL is the GNU General Public License. And it says that... Um, if you release software under the GPL license, you it is free and open source, which means that people have the right to view the source code, to copy the source code, and to modify the source code, and then to re-release modified copies of the source code as long as you keep the same requirements that was previously set, meaning that any modifications that you release are required to also be viewable, copyable, and modifiable, basically. So like, you have to maintain the requirements of the GPL in 
order to spread the GPL. It's kind of a way to keep the I, the concept of free software, which is what GNU, GNU, was based off of. Um, so Streamlabs OBS is a fork of the normal OBS with Streamlabs stuff added onto it. Things have like integrated chat and other things like that. Um, it's based off like Node Node.js and has a lot of like other fancy things to it. And it is itself um, open source because it's it's uh, subscribing to the GPL, which is why the GitHub repo is called Streamlabs OBS because it is based off OBS. And then it modified the code and released it under the modified license. Um, but the problem in this case was, I believe, that Streamlabs tried to trademark and use the OBS title, which is not covered under the GPL. The GPL is not covered trademark and like naming conventions. So this wasn't a breach of licensing, which itself has never really been tried in court, anyways. But it wasn't a breach in licensing. And it was just a case of like honor code of, hey, don't like use our name if you're making a kind of different product. And they kind of broke that and didn't really fall back even when they were called out on it by OBS themselves. And you can continue with the story at that point. I just wanted to mention that. Kind of yeah, give it back. Yeah, was all right on that. Uh, so they didn't correct that. Or this Shannon Z killer, she credit her on Twitter says, originally Twitch alerts named in early 2014, despite being a clear violation of Twitch TOC, uh, made no attempt to clarify that they were not affiliated until almost a year later. So they they made a Twitch product. They copied Twitch's name. They weren't supposed to do that. They're copying and trying to trademark OBS's name. They weren't supposed to do that either. They literally stole entire websites from other companies. They took Lightstream. Lightstream here tweeted out, the hey, can I copy your homework meme? And it's, you know, just change it up a little. Right, so and this one was like a case copy. of uh, they completely copied the actual like front page of the website, including the testimonies and like the descriptions of the software, which was yep. again not an issue of software licensing. It was just a case of that's really messed up. And same thing with the OBS stuff. Again, it was not a license. There was nothing about the GPL that restricts them. Uh, Streamlabs was completely in compliance with the GPL, but it was a situation where just because OBS is kind of a team of people that releases software, they didn't want to necessarily feel like they were associated with Streamlabs in what they were doing. Streamlabs was completely acting independently because that's what the GPL allows you to do. And Streamlabs decided to just kind of attach their name to OBS anyways, which was against the wishes of OBS. It's not illegal, but it's definitely not ethical, I think. All right, continuing the story, and again, this is going to be hilarious from a cooler perspective. Streamlabs also stole Muxy's bit cup. So you used to be able to send bits to streamers, and they would drop into a cup on stream. <laughs> There's full physics with it. They would splash all their bits out of the cup. They would knock each other around. It was really cool. So I saw that and said, Kuehler, let's make Nikki Drop. Now, I, I don't even that. know the status of Nikki Drop, but basically the concept of Nikki Drop Nikki Drop was is you could broken drop because Twitch updated to, to the API v3, and I have not updated Nikki Drop to API v3, so it is completely broken right now. I also, because uh, you guys should have a little bit of uh, insight as to what being my friend is like, not only did I never take Kuehler to a Discord party before they got shut down, I named Kuehler's work Nikki Drop. And you I never came paid up with the me idea. Or give me, yeah, so you never gave me credit and you paid. never paid me. Except in like I one Coke. Did. You gave me a can of Coca Cola. I did give I you, you a so. can of Coke? 
Yeah, I think you know, oh, I think you did give me that part. for something at some point. The hero oh. hangout, you gave me that, but yeah, oh, like I'm a better person than I thought. <laughs> I thought I which is a very well, low I, bar, I by the way, by the way. But and, anyways, the point is at least at least it never got popular enough. The Streamlabs got to steal it because that would I would be actually upset yeah. about. Like you were already yeah. like declining as a stream as like your viewership and everything, but like if Streamlabs stole, it, I would have been legitimately upset. And so it was named Nikki Drop. I think I did what five percent of the work. I think I'm made the board you made i made the graphics (laughs) and i made the sounds that they dropped on and i made all the little coins but that's about it that was the extent of my ability helping and i and i tested it that was literally it killer did most of the work but when you ask me who made it every time i say (laughs) killer that's the difference between me and streamlabs so they stole muxy's cup thing and they didn't even my original point they didn't even improve on it right when i saw that idea from muxy i went to killer I credited Kuehler, and we arguably improved on the idea. They just took the cup and put it exactly. into Streamlabs. So, what the fuck? Nikki and Kuehler are better people Also, you didn't Labs. steal anything from me. I made it for you, so it's not like you're like, yeah. I like made a thing, and then you just stole it and named it as your own. It's like, I made it for you, and then you just called it Nikki Drop, ultimately. And then DB has still been asking me to make it again, but I've just been busy because I've moved countries. But... That's true. The ultimate point is like, like, yeah, you never really, really stole it from me. Like, I definitely was aware of what you were doing, and that was okay, and it never got very popular anyways. And it was a pretty shitty code. I think if we were to remake it, if I were to update it, I would definitely make it a lot better. The whole point is, Nikki, while maybe not the best friend, is more ethical <laughs> and, a, and a better person morally than the people who work at Streamlabs with a direct comparison. Congratulations, okay. Nikki. You have a, you have a bar not, to keep yourself above of. Not 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 incredibly high of a bar. Okay, so you bar. can also pay five ninety nine to get a pro subscription to the service. I don't know what you get with it, but I did watch a tutorial, a four minute tutorial. There's three minutes of actual tutorial on how to unsubscribe from their pro service. It takes something like eleven clicks. It's really hidden, and every time they're like, "Hey, can I unsubscribe?" They're like, "Well, you're gonna lose the ability." to do x y and z and you're like okay that's fine like are you sure because actually you'll also lose these perks too like yeah i'm sure and like are you sure because these perks and it's literally something like a dozen clicks to cancel this subscription service at the very end when you finish canceling the service you can resubscribe at a lower price than what you were paying if you would have renewed immediately immediately if as soon as you finish the unsubscription process you can just subscribe again for a lower price. You don't have to contact anyone. The button just says a lower number. And that's it. If this is true, if the, if like it actually does end up being a lower price, um, little tip for other people too. I guess just unsubscribe from stream. Just unsubscribe from the service like every month or something and just get a lower price maybe. This actually works with internet and it's a, a customer retention strategy. That was always the thing, yeah. Many I know. different was, services. Especially when I was younger and when there was actually competition in internet service providers. I know that's like a thing. You would like do it for like six months while the offer was up. And then at the end of the six months, you'd switch to another provider who had another offer and then just keep doing that. It's harder now because there's no competition. <laughs> so we have a couple of horror stories uh, first one I will read is their hiring practices are super expletive. So let's say I'm going to apply for a job at Streamlabs. One of the things, and we talk about this in Silicon Valley a lot, is how do you get, how do you see someone's work 
and see their ability to work and produce a product and complete their tasks without exploiting them for free labor. That's that's a big thing we talk about at a lot of tech companies. How can I make sure you can do the code that I need you to do? There's a couple ways to do it. Either A, have you do the code and then pay you for it, or B, have you do similar code that we're not gonna use, that's not gonna be useful at all, and see if you can do that, and then judge you based off that, and but also not pay you for it. I feel like those are the two examples. So with that in mind, here's what Streamlabs said. They said, hey Dylan, thanks for applying. This is from at 8BitDylan on Twitter. Thanks for applying. Here's a short assignment we ask all applicants to complete. It's a short assignment and there are six tasks here. Number one, make a Google Doc spreadsheet with the top 100 individual streamers by concurrent viewership. Include follow count, language, and whether they use Streamlabs or not. Exclude esports tournaments, e.g. Rocket League, um, Overwatch League, stuff like that, or game publisher channels like Riot Games. This first task is a pretty typical task, making a Google spreadsheet, you know, getting people uh, aware of the contacts and people they want to target, people they want to market to. But that takes a while, bro. A hundred people you got to manually go through. So some of these things can be automated. You can go over to things like Sully Gnome, Social, um, Social Blade, and figure out things like how many followers they have. Language is going to be a little harder. You might have to watch a clip or two. Do that for a hundred people. And that's kind of a pain in the ass. So that's number one. Number two, make a list of Streamlabs top three competitors. Explain why you chose those versus three others. Now that actually probably takes a little bit of research and is certainly not a short task in and of itself. And that is number two. Number three is, do you currently stream full-time or part-time? Have you streamed in the past? Please provide links to your Twitch and Twitter accounts. That's pretty typical that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock them for that one. Yeah, it's pretty normal. It's pretty standard for a Twitch-based company. So if they just asked for that, I wouldn't be clowning on them. But this next one is uh, questionable. How does Streamlabs OBS compare to other streaming softwares? Make a table comparing pros and cons with others. Doing all these, all this stuff is, this is weeks of work here, guys. This is And it's your job, too. Like, they're literally do doing, like, a, they're doing, like, a product, like, head of product kind of, like, analysis of their own software right here. And I don't even know if that was the position that Dylan was applying for here. These last two are the most uh, exploitative ones. Name the 10 largest streamers that you have the strongest relationships with. That, now that, that's, that's uncool. It, sometimes in uh, a space where you work with influencers, and I've done this myself, you do leverage those relationships. Ideally, you re- uh, leverage your personal or professional relationships with bigger streamers. Ideally, you do that in a way that helps both people out so you can continue to have that relationship. Having them ask you straight off the bat the 10 largest streamers you know, and I know a couple, I have a couple of friends who have over a million YouTube subscribers or, uh, you know, have a couple hundred concurrent on Twitch, right? I don't know if I have 10 shrouds. I, I, actually, I don't have one shroud on my <laughs> list. So name 10 large streamers. That's, that's a lot to ask for. And I really wouldn't want to be judged on the current relationships that I have that a company can exploit because they see that like, oh, that's someone who we haven't been able to get in contact with. Let's hire Nikki so that I can finally get in contact with X. That's really not cool. And then number six, write an example email of how you contact a streamer that you're hoping to convert to Streamlabs. Number five and six go together. Name people you know, and then write us a sample email of how you would email those people to get us to use our product. This is... What position was this this anyways? Because I feel like... 
some positions in the company i feel like don't necessarily depend on you knowing streamers and knowing how to contact them it just depends on you like i i don't know like i i feel like if if you have worked in social media and like marketing and communications before I feel like that's still a stronger asset to have than necessarily, even if you don't know the streamers, you'll still know how to communicate with them. You know how to communicate with people, creators. If you work on like YouTube, yep. for example, and we're like good at contacting YouTubers, that, that's an easily transferable skill to Twitch, even if you may not know the Twitch people themselves, right? Like you may not know fucking Pokimane or something, but you can definitely send her an email. So one of the things that, I mean, first off, this is two different positions, it sounds like. They're asking for a head of product, so compare product A to product B, and they're also asking for an influencer manager. So those are two very different skill sets. position you had, right? Like, kind of kind of somewhat, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. But also, this is a fuck ton to ask someone to do for free during the interview process. <laughs> Don't let anyone ask you for five out of six of this stuff i mean the have you streamed on twitch before yeah, if it sounds like a if something like something you do at your job at the actual job before you get the job they're just asking you to do the job <laughs> that that is yeah. it, it is what it sounds like hilariously i just want to tell like a short aside about fire punch he used to have a bunch of like smoking memes and 420 memes on his personal twitch <laughs> and when he applied <laughs> to mixer he he put that in his url and he got the job he put that <laughs> on his resume so they asked for it and he got it so Microsoft is, is, is relatively okay <laughs> these days. So, ex-employees of Streamlabs, again from Shannon Z Killer, have shared many stories including American with Disabilities Act violations and being told point blank that exploitative auto-subbing, which is the stuff I talked about earlier with canceling your subscriptions being hard, wouldn't be rectified because it made too much money and even told me to find more ways to swindle customers. I'm going to read some of these tweets. This one's from super underscore yan. Dude, remember when they put me in charge of Twitch, the TwitchCon booth three weeks before the event with no resources and fired me immediately after being stubborn about making it about wheelchair accessibility? Uh, love that. About making oh it wheelchair God. accessible. So that's fun. Booths, if you've ever been to, to show floors, they always try to make sure that the booth itself isn't on a platform or if it is, there's a ramp to let wheelchair people get on there and there's uh, handlebars and, and sidebars to help you scoot up the, uh, on all that stuff for those of you who haven't been on a convention floor. I've been on a convention floor for a while, but they do try to design booths to be accessible so that people in wheelchairs or people on crutches or you know someone broke their leg or something can get to every part of the booth. So uh, also to keep in mind, generally on Twitter, I should say this, I don't take everything I read on Twitter to heart. But when a hundred people on Twitter say the same thing, then it's like, oh, maybe all these people can't be wrong. So I do want to throw that tidbit out there. We have another person. This is from at XP. The amount of convos I had in Slack messages I wish I screenshotted that basically amounted to, can we lie about our features? Slobs taking less resources, LOL. And how do we make things easier to accidentally sign up for is crazy cathartic to see it all come out i actually because i worked with a lot of vr creators we always recommended them to use obs studio instead of streamlabs obs because vr is very cpu intensive and so use normal obs to kind of free up some of that uh, cpu power so i actually know that uh, myself i have seen myself a lot of people complain about the companies they worked at now i'm, not, I'm also to be clear not talking about any companies that i have worked for not everyone i've worked for has been fantastic but companies I've worked tangentially with or places my friends have worked at, I see people and I see things like this all the time where they're like management said this or they tried to get us to do this 
ethically not so great thing. I see this kind of stuff all the time and they're not my stories to tell, but a lot of the gaming, uh, a lot of gaming professionals have these stories and when they come out, they're, they're very surprising a lot of the time and they're always horrifying and there are more of them that people are holding in than you know about. So I just want to get that one across. Someone else on Twitter says, the worst one I remember is the auto sub to Streamlabs Plus or whatever when you had no idea you were subbing to something. And then someone else tweeted, we told them this was happening. It was the number one support request ticket. We had complaints all the time as partnerships managers. We were told it wasn't going to be fixed because of how much it made. Just straight up. That's just straight up exploiting people out there. (laughs) And then this is a very typical one that you hear at places. um, People abusing their uh, PIP plans, performance improvement plans. During my time at Streamlabs, so many people in marketing were reprimanded, put on PIP plans, uh, that's performance improvement plans, and or fired for speaking up against unethical business practices to the point where they basically got rid of the entire marketing team by late 2018. Just a bunch of horror stories coming out. Now, again, like I said, if there's so many of these coming out, they must be true. And I would encourage everyone to uh, go ahead and uninstall Streamlabs OBS and move over to normal OBS because I've actually been in their support Discord before. They're very helpful. They're very useful. And there's nothing I feel like in Streamlabs OBS that I find valuable. Now, I'm I'm kind of an edge case. I turned off followers back in follow notifications back in 2014 or 15 for a couple of reasons. A, I don't like it when I follow someone. And this is Twitch Alerts is one of Streamlabs products, I believe. Because A... When I follow someone, I don't want to be like, oh, Nikki, thank you for following. Don't give me attention. Give me attention if I type in your chat. I just want to be here to watch. Uh, and B, people would abuse it. People like, Nikki is a N-word, which is, I, I mean, I it's saw that. Filipino. That's, I remember that. That's unequivocally untrue, first of all. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this isn't good for my YouTube VOD if I want to put this game on YouTube where I drop an insane number of kills. Now I have to edit out this stupid uh, thing that you followed using a silly username. But anyway, um, I turned off a lot of their, a lot of their services before I didn't really need them or find them useful. Now, arguably the bit cup thing was pretty cool. Nikki drop was cool, but you can find other plugins to use on OBS because it's such a powerful tool and just go use normal OBS. It's better on your CPU anyway. All right. The point is just I all, I'm talking about all these companies suck. Don't trust any of them. They're all bad. Just assume they're all bad until proven otherwise, I guess. I have I have worked for some good ones, but man, there's some I have good heard ones, some but you've proven otherwise, friends. right? You've you proved otherwise. Yeah. But until you prove otherwise, just assume they're all bad. These are all bad. The g- gaming is not a glorious, like wonderful, fun little industry to get into. It sucks as much as all the other industries. And you gotta you just watch out for yourself. And anyway, we're pulling up on, to tie into that, we're pulling up soon on month three of Nikki being unemployed. I think the completion of month three, going into four, we're finishing three full months of being unemployed is what I'm trying to say in a couple days. And like I said at the top of the show, I did just spend $2,000 going back and forth to LA. I'm still fine. I can still pay rent. Don't worry. I'm not going super broke, but uh, I am not. I do eventually have to find a job again and going back to work in the gaming industry when I hear stories like this and behind the scenes, I've actually... I've personally persuaded someone to not apply to work at a company based off of horror stories I've heard there. I saw the job offer. He's like, Nikki, should I apply to this? I know you've worked with them, not for them, but you've worked tangentially with them before. And I've literally told people a couple times for a few different companies, like, I personally haven't worked there. Take what I say with a grain of salt. But 
I know our mutual friend X worked there and they told me, um, or I'll go talk to our friend X and ask them their opinion. And I bet you, you're not going to want to apply. And I've said that to about a couple other companies, but yeah, they're not my stories to tell, which is why open secrets do happen. Eventually the open secrets really become open, uh, preferably sooner than later. But yeah, like again, just watch out for yourself. Don't do work for other people without pay. It's, you're, you're better than that. That's an insane amount of work. That's a I, lot that, of that's work. That's a couple of weeks worth of that's work That's like right a whole there. ticket that they'd give me at my current job where I am employed as like an actual person that's employed. That's like the kind of ticket they give me. I don't work at Streamlabs or anything similar, by the way. I'm just saying like analogies. But yeah, it's the kind of thing they would give me. Like, don't do that for free. They're just exploiting you for that purpose. They're just looking for your connections. And, and in general, they, they clearly are not very ethical in general. They, they all, they're all bad, right? Don't apply to Blizzard either or Activision. I we got through a lot doing. today, Killer. Right. We got, we got through. Did we, did we have any happy topics today? LA sucks. Everyone losing our Discord partner sucks. Oh, Nintendo acknowledging and supporting Smash. I, I mean, it's I like we got like, 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 like a sucks. one minute of good, of good content. We, I got I mean, posi- My positive some... here is just to like legitimately, like actually like be aware of this stuff. Like even if you want to get into the gaming industry, it is just definitely people that want to get into it, like are really passionate about it. So just like be a little careful about it because there are good people here. We have met good people in this industry and they exist and they're working at places and you can find them so don't settle for for shit like this you know like it's it's not a, yeah, it's I've not really a positive days. statement but i mean i can turn it into a positive one by it'll make your life easier in the long run because then you won't end up being miserable about this i the way i pick topics for each week is i just go through things i've i try to save things that i see throughout the internet on twitter or uh, whatever, or write down things that I've seen throughout the week or the things that happened to me. And I need to purposely go out and seek some happier things to, <laughs> to, to talk about. Because definitely need to. Maybe we'll make the next one more happier, but watch, I, like, something, some fucking shit's going to happen or something. Like, yeah, CEO right. of PlayStation's going to run, like a, like, a child trafficking ring or something like that. <laughs> We're going to end up having to talk about Allegedly that. not confirmed. Not confirmed yet, but if it happens, Cure called it. If, it. if it happens, I call it. I guarantee you I do not have, like, a psychic orb or something. I do not have, like, a palantir or whatever. It was just a wild maybe, guess. Maybe, I mean, I do want to do another episode of the Early Access Podcast Tuesdays at 4 p.m., on twitch.tv slash live but maybe i get run over by a by a bay area driver and apparently uh you know they're what inevitably killed me and not the la drivers we'll find out hopefully anyway not. it's been the early access podcast ideally i do not die i would like that to not happen thanks for watching follow me on twitter at stell shampoo discord.gg slash that's all we got to talk about this week tune in and give us a rating on spotify each tuesday thanks for listening see you some other time